We just evidenced the ring fence being breached. They now have to keep printing or we crash. We've got this ticking time bomb. Talking gold with the one and only Andrew McGuire. Welcome to Live from the Vault. Welcome to Live from the Vault. My name is Shane Moran and I'll be your host for this episode. And first of all, from the entire Life in the Vault team worldwide. Happy New Year. 2023 is going to be exceptional. Uh, and uh, it's good to be back here. We've taken a little break. Hope everyone enjoyed your holiday season. And as you can imagine, this community right here is growing every single week. And we, we want to thank you, uh, first of all, for your support and for continuing to grow this uh, channel. And there's a lot to talk about as we begin 2023. These are historic times and fear not because we have the one and only Andrew McGuire in the house and we're going to be talking gold here. You're uh, fasten your seatbelt because this is going to be an amazing episode. And you know, life in the vault gives you access to information right here and updates also that you can't get anywhere else. And this episode right here, our first of 2023 is going to be no exception. And with that, we're going to head over to the UK with Talking Gold and Andrew McGuire. Hey, Andrew, as you can see, and as, as our community can see, I forgot to mention, but as you can see in the background, uh, they let me out of the vault uh, to celebrate the, you know, this 2023. I'm in Costa Rica. So, you know, I had to volunteer, <laughs> you know, someone had to do it. But with that, Andrew, Happy New Year from everyone around the world that just loves uh, tuning in every single week. And uh, can, uh, let's start off the year by picking up the thread of exactly where we ended up last year i can say last year it sounds like a long time ago <laughs> and let's look at what we can expect to to start uh, this exciting 2023 uh with over to you andy yeah shane brilliant and happy new year to everyone this is definitely a privilege for for us here um to host you know this uh, to host you guys and and to you know to really sort of try and bring you this is all about information and really so you know, there's usually a, quite a dump of information here, but there's so much new stuff here and it's not on the radar. Uh, a lot of it's not on the radar. So we really need to uh, yeah, right into the in, right into it. And obviously, first episode of the year, um, you know, we've got some great insights here for you. Um, and, and really, what has been our story all of last year about the age old paper to physical war? This has now gotten very serious. Now, just one year ago, I can't believe it, just one year ago, 1st of January 2022, we commenced the implementation of the Basel III NSFR ratios. And we talked about why this was a game changer for the gold market. It actually took, and we said it was going to take a full year to be implemented. But we have a very different structure to the asymmetric and when I say asymmetric, I mean an imbalanced, long over the counter, short futures trade that has taken a full year to drain the swamp sufficiently to expose the unregulated leg of this trade that has contained gold for the last 50 years, and of course, silver. However, what we're going to look at as we start this year's trading, is going to really accelerate this 50-year paper-to-physical battle. And why, as a result of, of this, a real physical gold price is going to emerge, guys. We were talking about this. We said, don't expect it next last year. Now we expect it. Let's start 
by really a quick review of the first holiday shortened week of 2023 trading. Uh, and then let's look at what to expect as we open up what is widely expected by almost every liquidity provider we deal with to be the establishment of a higher globally deliverable spot gold and silver range for 2023. But with that, Andrew, can you um, provide our members with the context on gold and silver prices? Because I understand that we've got to look at the same actors, the same footprint in the smaller silver market as this market's been lagging gold for quite some time now. Yeah, Shane, and, and this will provide us some very good context for uh, a look at these same actors' footprints. We need to focus on the smaller silver market. We did that a lot last year. And for this, we need to step back to the very short analysis we provided of the LBMA's webinar of the 28th of November, if you remember, where we then took a deeper dive into the LBMA cartel's attempt to do, do one thing, justify why it's okay to cast settle silver positions, or should I say, uh, to net out this, these cartel members' trades amongst themselves. Uh, I mean, as if that wouldn't create a problem. Now, this is especially important as by the year end, the spot silver fix is bore so little resemblance to real world supply and demand fundamentals that the cartel was forced to issue a defensive response in, in, in a presentation published on the uh, November the 28th. It's on their website. And in order to provide additional context, we also differentiated at that time why Basel III NSFR com compliant spot gold conditions had by end of year been reflected in the December 27th option structure, which we drew attention to it because it was forcing discipline on the cartel's gold over the counter positions, which due to the competing global physical demand was making them globally deliverable. But guess what? At the fixed price. Now, that was the difference between gold and silver. Now, as an example, Persistent short seller Toronto Dumelian Bank issued a note yesterday admitting it had misjudged bets which were seeking lower gold prices into the end of 2022. Now, forcing what they did was force short covering of their house and client positions. They were wrong-footed, and and their words, as they put it. Who in the world is the mystery buyer driving prices higher? This, this was from, from their, their top uh, representative. Now, I use the LBMA cartel member, this member, as an example because it exposes exactly how the LBMA banks and the CTAs, which is the licensed commodity training advisors, which are the speculators, really, that they track. This is why they why are they getting it so wrong? The giveaway is their statement that the competing central bank sovereign buying, which they equated this to, it must be central bank buying, quote, single-handedly catalyzing a $150 mispricing in the gold market. Get the term mispricing. What a nerve. How do they come up with this so-called pricing mismatch? Simply by assuming the imbalanced asymmetric that's the long over-the-counter short COMEX paper trade, and no one knows what the over-the-counter side of it is, has that they're saying, no, this has to be right. 
while the physical trade has to be wrong. I mean, this is ludicrous. This is a classic case of the Comex tail wagging the physical dog. And as they put it, speculative interest in gold is still weak. Oh, well, there's the big justifier, isn't it? Of course, speculative, that's all they track. And what they don't get is that the absence, the very absence of these paper long speculators, which the CTAs, what it does is remove the cartel's ability to synthetically rinse these undeliverable paper positions again and again. So Shane, with that in mind, yes, onto silver. I know, I know that silver was the, really the question here, but the, you know, it's sometimes important to look at the context. Now, the fresh physical side to the spot gold trade has left the joined at the hip silver cartel holding increasingly very shaky paper silver positions, which based on premiums over spot by the end of the year had caused so much embarrassment that the LVMA cartel were forced to run a defensive story, in fact, a webinar on this massively leveraged uh, silver paper trade. Now, by the end of November, on the 28th of November, when they ran the cobbled together defense story, premiums over spot had diverged so radically from real supply demand fundamentals with real-world premiums above the ring-fenced silver pricing process expanding to red flag levels, that they had they had no option at this point but to try and stare down questions and justify this hundred to one paper to silver leverage. So attack was their only form of defence. However, as we illustrated when we delved into their presentation, while the cartel managed to erode the cash premiums over spot into the end of the year, using derivative squaring, it was achieved by doubling down on paper, on the paper leverage, which really exposed themselves as shooting themselves in the foot. Now, our focus for this first quarter of 2023 is how this Ponzi scheme is about to backfire into physical pricing, increasingly determined outside their ring-fenced little silver world. Now, a very small recap. Since the LBMA presentation, the CMA-LBMA ring-fenced silver trade is coming into the crosshairs for a nickel-like supply short squeeze, which is definitely a risk which liquidity providers are talking about. And this is going to shock the old guard out of their boots. Now, I will circle back to what happened on the first trading day of 2023, which has changed this game for gold and silver and all commodities for that matter because what happened is still under the radar, guys, and presents a huge opportunity to game the demise of the silver cartel. So, so a very brief summary, using their words and their data, if you recall, the LBMA buffoons had the nerve to title their presentation Silver, uh, the ever capricious metal, meaning inconsistent, fickle, the like. And we talked about this last time. Yet 100% of the time it was proven there's nothing inconsistent about the LBMA cartel fixed price. It is consistently 100%. And without exception, it fixes the global silver price well below the actual deliverable wholesale physical silver price. And this makes an absolute farce of the daily global silver fix that is supposed to benchmark a deliverable silver price. Now, whereas every uh, physical dealer knows 
The silver fix consistently benchmarks this paper settlement price at a price well below what they actually have to pay. Um, now, the silver fix price results from a netting out process on the books of a really, what it is, is just a daisy chain of highly leveraged LBMA member banks with only, with only a fractionally held physical position changing hands under all of this smoke and mirrors. So instead, these same actors collude to silo sufficient paper market volume into the US futures markets to technically chart paint a synthetic range that can be profitably gamed by the um, high frequency, frequency trading algos leading the paper centric specs, which is again, the CTAs, leaving them by the nose to dutifully buy or sell pay positions at these synthetic pivots, which they chart paint. Now, this so-called professional trade, that's their pathetic label for this, bifurcates the silver market to provide the illusion of a real silver for a physical price. Whereas, in fact, it's determined by a bilaterally settled price netted out on the books of an openly admitted 100 to 1 paper to physical leverage. Now, you just can't make this stuff up. In fact, industry apologists, last time we drew attention to, I remember Jeffrey Fristian suggesting in the past that this leverage is closer to 500 to 1. And so what? This is the ludicrous. This is how ludicrous this mindset has become and how dangerous their position is now. The LBMA presentation, uh, presentation was orchestrated uh, is orchestrated by the four, I, I mean, basically illustrated the four key market making banks uh, listed in the quarterly office of the Comptroller report. Um, it identified JP Morgan, Goldman, Bank of America, City. Look, these were just the price setting ringleaders, but all the related LBM member, members have skin in the game. And having skin in the game is where the problem lays. A true market maker does not have a directional agenda. But as we have recently outlined, the backdoor loadouts at the COMEX Rolls also exposes the cartel's Achilles heel, which is simply the exchange uh, for physical conduit, conduit, which is called the EFPs. And we've done a lot of work on that. Now, the EFPs simply provide a bridging between the COMEX market and the 10 times larger spot markets, which are more the physical markets. Now, the problem with this trade is that silver is increasingly exposed to a depolarized global market who, capitalizing on this exchange for physical uh, conduit, have turned upon the COMEX to directly load out physical silver for just a few cents over the game's paper price. That's bringing discipline. This is evident by the technical backwardations between the March futures contract, which is what everyone looks at when they look at the silver price, everyone's looking at the March futures contract, and the cash market, that difference really contracts down to, it's in backwardation. It's a, on every sell attempt, it's moved down closer to 10 cents an ounce, which given the carry cost to uh, March is a backwardation condition. Now, as market makers, these four traders have maintained a tight grip on the wholesale market. Uh, they're providing uh, specialized metal banking services for the LBMA accredited producers, the refiners, who through the AML and KYC disclosures, uh, it really exposes who every buyer is. The, and, and as we've detailed in the past, 
It enables them to bully to the producers to ration physical supply to non-LBMA members. So really, now on to why all this is so important, especially for non-NSFR compliant silver. Now, Andrew, we've always said on right here on Life in the Vault that, uh, and we've always known also that the information that you're sharing right here, they just can't get anywhere else. And that's why so many people are tuning in here. But what you've uncovered on the very first day of trading on 2023, that's Tuesday, just Tuesday, has yet, is yet un unreported. It's, it's not being reported. Uh, but that's escalated now in, in, in what we talk about every single episode is the paper and physical battle. And, and it's put it right onto the front burner. Can you share your insights on this important topic? Yeah, Shane, and on the front burner it is. Uh, and let, let's start with um, gold. As the LBMA professional trade got truly blindsided last Tuesday morning by a surprise move from Russian Sparebank to tokenize physical gold, collateralizing physical gold on their proprietary stellar blockchain. Now, what flies under the radar but explains why gold is being scooped up in the global physical markets is this little reported strategic move by Russia is the front end of a plan to de-dollarize the trading of all commodities, something as yet completely off the radar for most futures market participants. Tokenizing 5,000-year-old physical gold is the optimum way of doing this. This is something that Kinesis has been doing for quite some time. Now, this is a far bigger issue than is generally realized or priced into the gold market. And once more, puts the deliverability of Basel III NSFR compliant exchange for physical positions at risk. And as we've illustrated multiple times, EFPs are the COMEX Achilles heel. And the removal, if they try to protect this by removing this conduit, it would completely nullify uh, the imbalanced long over-the-counter, short futures, asymmetric COMEX trade, forcing the next lead of a real physical gold price to emerge. They simply have to keep this conduit open. EFPs are simply a structure where a long, illiquid, over-the-counter gold position is exactly matched by a deliverable, short, and when I say it should be actually a liquid over-the-counter position, is exactly matched by a deliverable, short, COMEX hedge position. Nirvana, that is what it's supposed to do. That's something not seen, though, since Nixon nullified the gold dollar peg and introduced this asymmetric nature of mismatched, undeliverable gold futures positions. Now, um, the EFB conduit has once more come under attack. And this is what, what, what really is the focus of this, albeit for a completely different me reason than when the March 2020 lockdown slammed the EFB door shut and broke the conduit. But nevertheless, the unfactored move by Russia and of course China, which has a separate program to digitize China's one, poses a major tail risk for the so-called LBMA cartel who through their synthetic reliance on long over-the-counter, short futures, asymmetric liquidity positions are, have bet heavily against governments moving back to paying for goods with commodities. This 
is what we saw parachuted in on Tuesday. This is a massively suppressed story. And if you recall, back in late 22, Credit Suisse Sultan Poser had posed a similar question when he looked at the potential for Russia to kick back against the oil sanction caps, potentially offering two barrels of oil for the same dollar price in, uh, for a gram of gold, effectively using gold grams to purchase oil or commodities, etc. But in this instance, potentially, that would have doubled down the price of gold at the same time. Now, since then, the global oil price increased. And while this tokenization progress, uh, process is still potentially on the cards, the Russian central bank kickback we saw implemented on Tuesday morning was a far more subtle but wider ranging de-dollarizing move that will begin to monetize a wide spectrum of com commodities of which Russia and its alliances holds the global Trump cards. And I think, I think it's important to actually read, um, just to remind you what, because I think what Posar said was, was quite relevant, not that it deals necessarily with oil. Prozar had warned, quote, banks active in the paper gold trade would face a liquidity shortfall. As all banks active in commodities tend to be long over the counter derivative receivables, hedge with futures. Now, that's a risk we don't think enough about and a risk that could complicate the coming year end turn, as a sharp move in the gold prices could force an unexpected mobilization of reserves. Uh, from the overnight RRP facility to banks, expansions in balance sheets, and risk-weighted assets. This is the last thing we need around year-end, he said. Well, okay. Okay, we didn't see any such drama at year-end. But what was parachuted in on Tuesday morning left the ring fence multi-trillion dollar derivative trade extremely wrong-footed. Now, while the first tranche of physical gold purchased by spare bank was capped at 270 million. At the margin, this was a big deal. Not only was it immediately oversubscribed downstream uh, and has been, in, has it really incentivized more banks to participate, but, all, but notably this unfactored paper to physical disruption turned the usual long, where we see the dollar index rise and gold usually fall, we saw both rise. We saw dollar spike higher, uh, and and really then we saw, and it really turned this whole FX trade on its head, uh, which really confused the hell out of a lot of people. And it evidenced both gold and the dollar index rising in tandem at the open of trading last Tuesday. This left so many market participants scratching their heads and still are. Now, given the scale, of the strong rebound in the dollar index as gold broke its range higher, and that's what spooked Toronto Dominion Bank and the other uh, LBMA uh, paper net, net settlers. And despite every effort by the cartel to retrace these physically driven upside move, gold has held up extremely well with dips being jumped on into the usual, if we saw that at FOMC, non-farm payrolls, we're going to see it again in CPI t tomorrow. Now, this unfactored physical gold demand, though, has sent a wave through the industry as other international banks begin to embrace this physical de-dollarizing solution for all commodities. This is going to provide, gold's going to provide a much more stable benchmark. 
But this is important, guys. This will ultimately open up the extremely vulnerable 100 to 1 cash settled silver market. Silver's the most undervalued commodity on the planet Earth. And either way, though, at the margin, this removes one more leg of paper market liquidity from the LBMA toolbox just at a time. Most banks were already anticipating a higher $1,900 to $2,000 spot gold range. However, as we'd assessed ahead of the holidays, this higher range does not account for fresh, mostly sanction-related geopolitical inputs, which could easily raise this range to around 2400 by the end of the first quarter 2023. We just evidenced the ring fence being breached. And yes, we have CPI tomorrow, as I say, so expect the usual paper gaming, but the cat's out of the bag. And while silver... And while silver lags gold, it won't do for long. We see this as the first of several expected countermeasures to tokenize very large Russian gold reserves, which strongly points to significantly higher physically derived prices for all commodities paid for in gold grams versus depreciating dollars. Now, to, to look at closer at the laggard silver, this relation, silver's relationship to gold is the laggard. And we also assessed silver's been the laggard for the sole reason the ring-fenced so-called professional trade still hangs on to this 100 to 1 paper netting out scam. However, while this siloed group couldn't resist asymmetrically selling the silver highs into the dollar index rally, which they did, this learned behavior will be overcome as we are now increasingly evidencing a much more physically settled price emerge from competing physically settled jurisdictions. In fact, by Monday, we reported that uh, liquidity providers had seen a massive oversubscription of the gold for commodity benchmark and to expect fresh physically driven rallies in gold prices. Don't forget, at the margin, each ounce of physically delivered bullion exposes the paper trade to a reverse leverage unwind. Take note, Toronto Dominion Bank. And since the, la the start of 2023 trading, gold has made a series of fresh highs. And once again this morning, we're on Wednesday here, again in Asia, while the LBMA cartel silver professional trade managed to cap silver futures at the round spot number of 24. Word is they're on high alert as this long relied upon paper netting out procedure is being benchmarked against cold to deeply, it, it's, it, silver is so deeply undervalued in every other jurisdiction. We've not seen such a close relationship between physical gold and all commodities for good 50 years. And the LBMA silver fix is so openly paper settled that the resulting deeply divergent price used as a benchmark is in the crosshairs at the COMEX for loadouts. We talked about that last year. More importantly, as the increasingly liquid physical exchanges, where a premium is openly settled upon, uh, dependent on the size of the transaction, a real de-dollarized physical price for silver will emerge very, very soon. Now, Andrew, uh, to the community, over to the community, we have quite a few questions on the seasonality and what to expect as we move forward in 2023. Can you tell us what you're hearing? Yeah, Shane, great question. Getting that a lot. 
As far as seasonality is concerned for 2023, there have been so many genuine, largely sanction-related, de-dollarizing commodity market moves involving the only viable benchmark, which is gold, that pretty much the entire seasonal playbook can be ditched at this point. Silver is, of course, the laggard, but it will come around very, very soon. All right, Andrew, in 2022, last year, you provided us with an assessment of the widely followed COT report, the report that shows how commercials and the market makers are positioned not with the speculators, but against the speculators. Can you provide us with some fresh insights on this? Yeah, Shane, and again, we do get these questions and, and I'm sorry for, for the less technical guys, but this is so important um, because it leads into what's just happened. And as we start the year, and given the multiple nibbling at the LBMA CME ring fence, which we're seeing now, it is really beggars the question from several subscribers, which is really basically, is the CAT report even worth looking at? Well, in two words, not really. This whole LBMA CME charade is just, it's just too archaic to spend much attention on. Now, if it was published every day, fine, which it can be, but it isn't. It would become a useful tool. But to delay it as a three-day-old snapshot just makes a farce of the old guard and their game. They're losing the plot rapidly. There's a physical global market out there. And they look at this and it's farcical. I mean, shows like ours draw attention to this deliberately gamed report, which assists the CTAs in going long or short, the speculators, basically. Bottom line, this overstudied report re uh, presents just the future's leg of a complex asymmetric structure where these same actors don't report the extent or value of the over-the-counter leg that's supposed to benchmark these published hedged positions. So how much blooming use is that? Now, if Andrew Bailey, when he was head of the FCA, had no visibility into the over-the-counter leg of the asymmetric trade, what the heck use is it to anybody? Actually, more importantly, this week's gold move by Russia to tokenize gold severely undermines what little value this report has. So we go back to Posar's warning that banks active in the paper gold markets could face a liquidity shortfall. Uh, as all banks active in commodities tend to be long this over-the-counter derivative uh, receivable hedged by futures. Look, any unexpected upside move in physical gold prices was his concern. It could force an unexpected mobilization of reserves. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. So Shane, shots are across the LBMA bow. And as we open 2023 trading, and it will be interesting to see how this deliberately unpublished over-the-counter, how the deliberately unpublished over-the-counter legs of these published commercial COT hedges begin to reflect a rapidly unwinding of the paper-centric positions as they morph into representing a much higher real deliverable gold and silver price. Now, next week <laughs> should be really interesting. 
the option structure, we're going to look at this a lot closer on the next time, because the option structures are being turned on their head by this, by what, what, what's just happened. You saw TD scratching their head. You've seen other banks now scratching their heads. Yes, they're going to try and game this, but the option structures are beginning to reflect a very wrong-footed derivative trade that is in the process of being squared. So really, guys, look, there's only one question and only one question that we ever end on. How much physical do you own? That's what we're talking about. Thank you, Andrew McGuire, for talking gold. And on behalf of the entire, you know, uh, community worldwide, Andrew, thank you so much for getting this uh, 2023 kicked off to an amazing start. It's going to be a, a great year. And remember to everyone out there, um, buy physical. Make sure it's one-to-one -one and understand the difference between what Andy affectionately calls the casino paper gold and silver markets and the actual physical gold and silver markets. They're not the same. Don't be fooled. And there you have it. That's all we have for you today on another fascinating episode of Live from the Vault. Please help us spread the word by liking this channel, by sharing it with everyone you know, and especially subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. And if you click on the bell, we'll notify you as each episode goes live. You just don't want to miss these. And with that, We'll see you next time right here on Live from the Vault. See you then.